It's June 21, 2022. My name is Jimmy Van, and it's time to know your news tonight. My guest is an Emmy Award-winning TV host. He's a popular YouTuber. Apparently, he makes his own tackle, and he can take one hell of a chop. His name is Chris Van Vliet. CVV, how are you, man? Doing great, Jimmy. Does do, do people need to have Van in their last name to be part of the show? Jimmy Van, Chris Van Vliet? And if they don't have it, I'll just throw it in. I had John Van Alba a couple weeks ago, and... Uh, <laughs> Sean Van Sapp is one of my favorite guests on this podcast. Love Sean Van Sapp. <laughs> so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to tell you about 10 of the top news stories of the week that are funny, stupid, and weird. I'm going to get your reactions, and I'll ask you questions along the way. And I should say, we talked before you went on the air, and I learned some stuff about Chris that I wish I had known because I would have thrown it in the intro about his grief and religion class. Maybe we'll talk about that some other time. Also, for our viewers and listeners, if you would like to get your statement or question read on a future edition of this or any podcast in the Know Your News Network, go to kynchat.com, leave a contribution of any size, uh, and your question or statement will be read on a future edition of any podcast. And I got a couple for CVV this week. I posted a teaser yesterday, and oh uh, people delivered. So let's start with story number 10, reported by Fox 59 Indianapolis. So a lot of people may not know that Chris Van Vliet is an avid fisherman and you have your own fishing accessories e-commerce store called Woo Tungsten. Is the Woo based on Ric Flair? Well, we like to pronounce it Woo Tungsten. <laughs> it's twofold, right? One, it's a nod to like Ric Flair and wrestling. But more importantly, when you catch a giant fish, Woo! You're just so jacked up. So that's right. That's really what it means. So it's W-O-O exclamation mark always. And tell me about your love of fishing. Like, where did this come from? Four years old, caught my first rock bass in Sturgeon Lake. You'll know the Kawartha Lakes region yes. very well. So just outside of Fenland Falls, I was, we had neighbors who had a cottage there and all their kids were just a little bit older than me. So I didn't have like kids to play with. So they just put me out on the dock with a life jacket and a little fishing rod and a bobber and a worm. I caught my first fish and pun intended, I was hooked. And like this became a huge <laughs> part of my life, like from that moment on where I started fishing in bass tournaments when I was 14. And like, this has just been a really big part of my life. So six years ago, my tournament fishing partner, Aaron and I started this bass fishing brand called Woo Tungsten, where we sell tungsten fishing weights. And it's been awesome being able to combine my passion for that with my combat, my, my passion for business and like put them together. Fascinating. Well, you are the perfect guy for this story. Uh -oh. So there's two men in Shelbyville, Indiana, and they were searching for catfish in the Ohio River. And one of the guys, his name is John Hoop. He reeled in a 20-pound blue catfish. Joel, do you have the picture? There is the picture what of a the blue chunk. catfish. Look at that. Yeah. Now, after they netted it, they realized that its stomach was huge, bigger than normal. And they figured, okay, maybe it's got some eggs in there. Maybe it like swallowed uh, like a little animal or something like that. When they pressed on its stomach, though, it felt like there was something hard in there. It didn't feel like it was eggs. So they ended up uh, opening up the fish to see what was going on. Chris Van Vliet, what was inside the fish? I am going to guess with my fishing knowledge that it swallowed a turtle hole. That's a very good guess. It was actually a dildo. Joel, do you got No! There it is right what? there. Wow. There was a wow, that has in there like, too. That has all the apparatus there. Jeez. <laughs> so it swallowed a foam ball too, along with a fully intact dildo. No when, way. When they opened it up, one of their three-year-old daughters was there. She demanded to know what it was. And so uh -huh. they had to get creative with their answer. At least 
uh, uh, or at last word, I should say, they kept the dildo. They're trying to figure out what to do with it. They claim they're going to discard it. Yeah, sure they are. At least they got a good story out of it. So I have to ask you, being an avid fisherman, have you ever caught a fish and found something very interesting or unique inside of it? Certainly, I never found a dildo inside of a fish. <laughs> I also have to say, like, I have I haven't kept a fish in years, like really? decades, probably. You throw them back. Yeah, I catch them, take a photo and throw them back. But growing up, like when I was, you know, 10, 12 and then in my teenage years, we would keep the odd walleye or perch. Certainly would never find any sort of sex toys inside of them. <laughs> I think the, you know, you'd find crayfish were pretty common find a little you know like other smaller fish but that's a that's an interesting find wow i mean you mentioned a whole turtle have you seen that have you witnessed that i've never witnessed it myself but i've seen you know a lot of photos on instagram where someone catches a bass and it has like a very like perfectly round thing in their stomach okay. and it's, it's a turtle in there interesting interesting all right well there you go say i'm glad wow. i'm glad that would have i never would have guessed that well, you are the experienced fisherman and I'm not. So I'm glad that I'm able to show you something. Well, maybe, maybe we need to start having lures that are shaped like dildos and we'd probably catch more fish. I think we need to move on to story number nine. Hey, what this was, was this guy using as bait? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> story number nine. This was posted on Facebook. You remember in the movie Old School, the college kids get on Will Ferrell because they're at a, a, a college party and they're asking, so what are your weekend plans? And he's like, oh, you know, I got to get a little Saturday. We're going to take a trip to Home Depot. You remember that scene? Yeah. And maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. And maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. Exactly. I don't want to get too crazy, though. <laughs> so there's a woman named Caroline Akhtar. She was at a home improvement store in the UK called B&Q, along with her partner and their three kids. They were there to buy a washing machine. And at one point, the parents turned their backs, after which their four-year-old son named Jacob made an interesting decision. Chris Van Vliet, what did Jacob do? Boy, I would have to guess he climbs inside and they can't get him out. You're pretty close. He took a dump in one of the display toilets. Oh, my Joel, God. Do we got a picture? There he is ah. sitting there. Right there. And that's his, that's his sister playing on the one right next to him while he's doing it. He well, did what feel, his... That's good potty training is what that is. I, <laughs> right? I actually... I applaud the parents. That is great potty training. He's pretty the disciplined. Kids, the kid doesn't know if it's in a bathroom or not. The kid just sees a toilet and needs to go. Exactly. He needed to go. Yeah. His mom described it as a very big poo. They ran over to him to try to get him off, but it was too late. Business had been done. They had to run to the car to get wet wipes to clean him up. Uh, his dad was uh, given the job of removing the contents from the toilet. I don't know if Joel took a picture of that one. There he is right there. No. Yep. yep. Fortunately, the staff at the store, they were cool about it. And so, Chris, I got to ask you, you know, I know that you work sometimes on the road and maybe you're away at a media junket or something like that. Have you ever had a public bathroom emergency? We've all had a public bathroom <laughs> emergency. And I think the one that comes to mind the most was I was at a concert when I was still living in Cleveland. And I just, you know, something, something wasn't sitting right. And I had the old bubble guts. And I had to go and I get into the bathroom and I realize it's one of those very shady venues where they don't put doors on the stalls. Okay. Yes. And I had to make a game time decision. Was I going to go as quickly as I possibly could either out the door 
or go as quickly as I possibly could in there and try to get it out and wipe it as quickly as I could. And I, that was the decision. I, I went with the latter decision. You went with the latter decision. And I was just hoping and praying that no one would see it. And nobody did. Like this was by far the quickest poop I've ever taken in my life. <laughs> you were pushing. It was, it was, I was in and out of that stall in like 14 seconds. I feel like. <laughs> you know, you can take any topic and become a storyteller the way that you describe it. That's a good, that's a good skill to have. You know? I, I'd rather other people tell the stories though. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of media junkets, we have a KYN chat. This is from Alistair M. They said, Chris, I love your celebrity interviews. Like the one where Leslie Mann hit on you. Have you ever had a celebrity get aggressive or downright mean during or after an interview? I would say for the most part, they know that the cameras are on. They know they have a microphone on. They're putting out their, you know, they're putting their best foot forward because they know that this is going to go you know, out there. I've definitely had moments where the interview didn't go as well as you would hope that it would go. But for the most part, I haven't had anyone be like, hey, take that down or, Hey, I can't believe you asked that mostly because they know like in this world of the internet, it can go everywhere very quickly. For sure. So no one ever had a bad day. Like you were never dealing with an interview where somebody had a bad day. I asked Jennifer Garner during, she was promoting this movie and like everything was going on with her and Ben Affleck at the time. And Batman versus Superman was about to come out. And I ended up asking her like, oh, whose team would you be on, Batman or Superman? And on camera, she was very nice. She's like, oh, of course, Batman, right? And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, thank you so much. Good to see you. Congrats on your film. And as I was walking out the door, I had one foot out the door and she was like, that was a ballsy question, Chris. <laughs> and her publicist was very mad that I asked this. And I was like, oh, I, like, I think that's a pretty normal question to ask someone. But they didn't, they didn't like that. And they asked okay. that I didn't air that. Okay. I mean, I guess it was, a, it was just a sore spot for them on that particular time. And I get it. I get it. I get it. Although the next day she went on the Today Show and spent five minutes talking about her relationship with Ben Affleck. So there you go. on that particular day, Ben Affleck questions could not be asked. The next day, seemingly okay. They didn't want you to scoop the Today Show. That's what it was. That's, that must be it. Yeah. All right. Let's go to story number eight reported by Artnet News. Are you much of a historian? And I'm not talking about 1990s WWF wrestling. But are you much of a historian? Like, you know, what do you think about, say, architecture or historical monuments or anything like that? Are you a fan of any of that kind of stuff? I would say history was not my best subject, Jimmy. Okay, there's a good answer. All right. Yeah, we, we talked about other courses that you took. I guess there was no time for history. No, there's a, I mean, no. There's an uh, astronomical clock in Prague's Old Town Square in the Czech Republic. It's over 600 years old. And in 2018, they did an extensive restoration to this clock that cost over 2.6 million U.S. dollars. The restoration included fixing the paintings on the clock. So they had an artist come in and kind of redo the paintings, you know, and touch them up. Okay. Now, there's a member of a monuments preservation organization called Club for Old Prague. They have filed a complaint with the Czech Ministry of Culture as a result of this restoration and of the, the paintings that were redone. Why are they upset, Chris? Boy, I feel like after that catfish story, I feel like we can, anything could happen here. So perhaps there's uh, someone painted uh, a dildo into one of these things. <laughs> they claim that the artist hired to restore the work diverged from the original paintings and replaced some of the faces with likenesses of other people, including one that some people think looks like Mark Wahlberg. Joel, do you got the picture? 
So there on the left is the original. Uh -huh. and there on the right is the one that was restored, the one that was redone. And there are people up in arms believing that that looks like Mark Wahlberg. The artist, his name is Stanislav Jersik. He's accused of changing faces, changing ages, genders, even the preed of a dog. He hasn't responded, but experts believe that his work strayed so far from a true reproduction that they're wondering if he did it as a joke. And so look, they that, think, guy had a, that guy had a nice hair transplant, a facelift by the looks of it. He did. Maybe he was just trying to, I don't know, maybe make him look more attractive. That is, that is, I mean, those two characters don't look any similar, like, don't look alike at all. No, no, not at all. Well, we've all seen examples of artwork that didn't turn out as intended. You remember the police sketch from Harold and Kumar in the closing credits? So we've all seen that before. So Chris Van Vliet, have you or anyone you know ever commissioned any kind of artwork? It could be a tattoo. It could be a painting. It could be a graphic design. Have you or anyone you know commissioned any kind of artwork didn't turn out the way that you intended it to? Yes. I Actually, when we were first starting Wu Tungsten, we were very specific with our graphic designer of like, we want it to look like this. And then after two days, we got it back and it looked nothing like it. It's just like the graphic designer just, you know, to, to borrow a term from wrestling, went into business for themselves. Yes. And we went back and forth about five times, like actually no change this and then make it look like this and many reference photos. And it really didn't change at all. So we finally just went, thanks very much, paid them and then hired somebody else. Uh, did you get them off Fiverr or something? We got them off of Upwork. Okay, okay. And I kind okay. of learned, maybe you've learned the same thing that there's like, there's three tiers on like Fiverr and Upwork, like kind of like the, you know, levels one, two, and three. And we were trying to hire like the level one, which would save you some money. Yes. And we realized you need to be hiring the level two and three people and paying a little bit more. You definitely get what you pay for. And so you I, I certainly do. I feel like in 2016, Sean Ross Sab, I got him at a level one. And now in 2022, unfortunately, he's at a level three pay wise. Mm. But, uh, you know, I kind of I guess that's kind of what you have to deal with with success. Let's now go you got to pay him as a level three employee. Now I have to pay him as a level three employee. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes the work is level one. I'm only kidding, Sean. Ah. I'm only kidding. Let's go into story number seven reported by the College Times. So I know that you're in a relationship. Uh, and I'm sure that someday, somewhere down the road, someday, you're going to have to you know, think about marriage if you haven't already. Do you have a vision for what you would want your wedding to be like? Maybe it be a theme, anything like that. I'm going to be completely honest, Jimmy. Rachel's going to make all those decisions. Everything. Like, it, this is not, I think that, the, I think that a lot of men make the mistake of going, I want this and this, and I want it to be like this. It really, it's not our day. It's not our, I, I just... And I, I will do anything that she wants. Like I will organize whatever she wants, but I yep. know at the end of the day, this is her day. So the answer to any question she's going to ask is going to be, yeah, that sounds great. Sure. You might want to think twice before you commit to that kind of uh, mentality. Uh -oh, you, what you am I in for now? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I'm just saying, I, maybe off the air, I'll tell you some stories from my winning. There's a 24-year-old uh, woman from India. Her name is Shama Bindu. And she got married in a private ceremony. It was a, a traditional Hindu style ceremony. All the rituals and vow, vows and the traditional attire. Her wedding got some publicity. Chris, why do you think uh, this lady's uh, wedding uh, made the news? With everything we've seen now, I think you're, you might be leading me down some sort of <laughs> poop path here. <laughs> Is that your answer? 
That's my answer. She married herself. Joel, do you have a picture? There's a picture of her. Okay, a few pictures of her right there. Okay. So it was considered to be the first ever sologamy wedding, or maybe it's sologamy wedding in India. She had to get married at home because they wouldn't sanction it at a Hindu temple. She said she wanted to be a bride like most women, and she wanted to wear the outfit and be photographed, but she didn't want to be a wife. It was a three-day gala. She wrote five vows to herself, and she booked a two-week honeymoon to Goa. Let me ask you this. Okay, so you, you get married to happy, yourself. by the way. I mean, she did look happy, but I'm going to ask yeah. you a question about that in a minute. But okay, you get married to yourself. You go on an all-inclusive to a nice resort. You get there. They say, what are you doing here? You say, I'm on my honeymoon. How do you explain that to people when you're just strolling around by yourself everywhere? I think that's it. I think that, I mean, you're doing this, I think, because you want to explain it to everybody. You because, think so? Okay. Well, because you're, you're, you're getting married to yourself, but you're not getting any of the benefits of marriage in terms of like tax breaks or anything like that. I don't <laughs> that's think that's the first really benefit you thought of. Isn't that a benefit? <laughs> isn't, this is not like a recognized by the state or I mean the country here. So Chris Van Bleed says, forget love and compassion and, and, and partnership. Just let's go with the tax benefit. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> yes. Joint taxes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would have to think though, like if you want the ceremony, it's a sure you can call it a wedding ceremony, but is it really a wedding if it's not legally recognized? That's also, didn't point. Dennis Rodman pull something like this? Yeah, he might have. I don't remember. Remember that? He was like, he made this big publicity stunt that he was going to get married and then he showed up as the bride. Kind of sort of remember that. Yeah, yeah kind of sort of remember that. Well, here's a question for you. And you being in social media, you're a good guy to answer this question. So Ms. Bindu, she refers to herself on her Instagram as a digital creator. And so what do you think the odds are that she orchestrated the whole thing just for attention? Yeah, pretty, I'd say pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Also, and it maybe, went viral. Maybe there's some sort of statement in here of like, you know, I don't need someone else to make me happy. I'm happy on my own. And, and if that's the case, I like that. All right. Well, here's a question for you. You've obviously, you've got a very strong uh, social media following over 300,000 YouTube subscribers. What is the most effort that you have ever put into the production of a video? That's, that's a great question. I would say it's been these workout videos that I've been doing recently. Really? It's here. Tell me about it. So I've been working out. I did a workout video with the great Mike O'Hearn, the legendary Mike O'Hearn and Billy Gunn. Worked out with uh, Killer Cross and EC3. I just did an, uh, a workout with Brian Cage. Oh, so okay. I think that that's like a lot of these have been flying to the destination, setting it up at the gym. Like with Brian Cage, it was like, all right, we want to do shoulders. And like we had to work our shoulder day into his workout routine because he's such a beast in the gym. Uh -huh. So we had to be like, all right, it has to be on a Friday because that's the only day you work delts. So, and then, you know, taking an hour long workout and putting it down into 15 or 20 minutes for YouTube. So I think that that's been it. And I have a very talented camera guy and editor named Zeus Dominguez, who's so, so good. So I can't take much of the credit for this, but the collaboration between me and Zeus and Brian Cage on a video like that, I think is a, like takes hours and hours and hours. Wow. So did you, did you fly there just for that? Flew there just for that. And then ended up doing some other stuff while we were there, but okay. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm realizing this can be a part of a longer conversation. We have another time, but I'm starting yes. to realize that the hour long YouTube videos don't have as much traction as they did perhaps two or three or five years ago. Right. Attention span, TikTok. 
You know what I mean? Yeah, TikTok, my clips channel is growing at this insane rate. And, you know, my CVV clips channel, if you subscribe to the main channel, it'd be awesome if you could subscribe there as well. But that channel is growing at like an insane rate, like a million, a million views a day. Right. Wow. Yeah. People Whereas want it. They, the other, they want to keep it short and move on. The other, the others. Yeah. The, and I, the hope is like kind of get them in there as a gateway drug. Like they watch a minute or two minutes and then they go, Oh, where's the longer interview? And then hopefully go to the main channel from there. Awesome. All right. Let's, well, let's go to story number six. We'll stick with Indian news for this one. This was reported by news 18 India. So you've lived in different parts in the U S you've lived in Canada. Uh, you're in California now. I know at times they've dealt with power outages in California. Have you ever had to deal with anything like that? Maybe uh, in a rural area as a fisherman, as an example, have you ever to deal with a power outage? When I first moved here, there was an earthquake and we lost power. Not for long, but I was like, is it ever coming back? <laughs> what was it? 10 minutes? How long was it? It felt like 10 hours, Jimmy. It was probably 10 minutes. <laughs> Were you, do you remember the ice storm in Ontario, Canada in 98? I was there. Yeah, I remember. I was it. there too. Two weeks yeah. for me. I was out for two weeks. Wow. Yeah. yeah. We were out for just a few days, but like two streets over, my friend Robbie and his family never lost power. Yes. Yeah, like that's how it goes sometimes, right? <clears throat> that's how it is. Well, there's a man in an Indian village. His name is Hanuman Thapa. His village has been dealing with power outages due to load shedding. You know, it means that they're distributing demand for power across sure. multiple sources to relieve stress. He's only getting electricity to his house three to four hours a day. So Mr. Hanuman Thapa, he got irritated by this because it impacted his daily life. How is he going to grind his spices for his food? How is he going to charge his phone? Chris Van Vliet, he found a solution to his problem. Any idea what it was? I would think that he would do that thing like at the science center where you uh, you know, hook up the, the, the bike, the bike <laughs> powers something. That's what I would do if I was Mr. Tharpa, was it? Was it? <laughs> Yeah, uh, Hanuman Thapa. So you're saying that he was powering stuff and getting his workout in at the same time. That's right. Yeah, he was efficient. <laughs> uh, what he did was he would bring a grinder and his phones right to the electric company's office on a daily basis and use their power. Joel, you got the video? Here's a video clip. There he is. This is from News 18 in India. He's got his grinder. He's got his spices. He's in no rush to get there. No, no. I, I think that he's just, I think he was making a statement. He's like, look at me, electric company. Look at me, you bastards. Yo, that, I saw with that look there. Look at that look to the camera. I like that he has uh, his own driver to get him there. He has his own driver. Yeah. And gee, I'm sure this isn't staged at all. You see how the bike like waited till he got the right shot to start going again? So apparently, an official with the electric company, he told him to do it because they were tired of his complaining because he was always complaining. And I guess he threatened that he was going to do it. And they said, fine, just go do it. He so does that's what not he's look doing. <laughs> I mean, it would be a, it'd be a daily grind, no pun intended. Ah. <laughs> so imagine if this idea could be used in other situations. What if someone complained to a car maker that their car wasn't working right? And the car maker said, I ah, just go to the dealership and pick up another car. Mm. What do you think? Like there, there's so many ways that this could be used. Chris Van Vliet. That, that, I mean, this is a slippery slope, right? Like if you go uh, complain like at your local, Grocery store. I don't like the apples. What are they going to do? Send you to like an apple orchard? Well, just go pick some of your own. Go pick some of your own. Yeah, exactly. Can you recall ever getting fed up with something or with an annoying situation to the point that you resolved it yourself? I have, I don't know if I've resolved it myself. Actually, I'll tell you a great story. I, <laughs> and this might be the, like the news journalist in me, like growing up, like, you know, working on television, mm -hmm. TV news for so long. I 
made a deposit. I was getting new tires for my truck at the time. I had a Toyota Tundra and I was getting new tires for my truck at the time. I paid the deposit. And then like a week later, got in a car accident, didn't have the money to pay for it anymore. So I called up the place. I said, hey, I'm so sorry. I, I'm not going to get the tires anymore. And they said, well, we'll give you your money back, but there's a 10, um, a 10% like restocking fee. It was tires and rims, by the way. And I said, what do you mean restocking fee? I haven't even like done anything. Well, we had to order it specifically from this company and, you know, Toyota Tundras, not a lot of rims for those. So like we had to, we had to pay up front to get this. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, I just made this deposit. Just give me my money back. Like and they went on this whole story. So I looked up the actual manufacturer's phone number and I called them and I said, Hey, I know you work with this, you know, one tire company. Have, have you actually made my rims and shipped them to me? No, of course we don't do that. And I said, so you, you're telling me you haven't made my Toyota Tundra rims. You haven't shipped them. Like, this is just something like, this is an order that they can just make from you. And I was like, yeah. So then I called them back. I said, look, I, I know that you're not telling the truth. I called the manufacturer and they basically said this was all BS. And he goes, oh, um, <clears throat> uh, okay, we'll give you your money back. <laughs> Wow. Investigative so report. Well, I was just like, I don't, this doesn't seem right. This seems a little fishy. <laughs> Amazing. We're going to see you on ABC on Friday nights. So we're going to see. Good job, Chris Van Vliet. Well, I'm just saying, I'm just like, you, we've all been in those situations where someone says something and you're like, yeah, it's 100%. Mm -hmm. 100%. Especially in the pro wrestling business. Especially. 100%. Yeah. Well, let's go to story number five, reported by Fox 11 LA. You're going to like this one, Chris. A man went into an adult store. He approached the person at the counter with a semi-automatic handgun. He demanded all the money in the register, and he pointed the gun at the employee. Mm. Chris Van Vliet, what happened next? Boy, I would think that the employee pointed a gun right back at that person. That's a good answer. He apparently changed his mind. He took a sex toy and he left. Joel, do you have the video? <laughs> this is from the LAPD. So here he is. He's got oh, the wow. gun. Yeah, he's got the gun. He's pointing at the employee. And then look at him. He's, oh, oh what's like, that? Oh, oh, what's, actually, what's, oh I what's, can't believe they have that in stock. <laughs> Maybe that's really what he was thinking. And he, oh, they slowed it down. Look at the slow motion on this. And like, he I'm picks it up. This, okay. <laughs> And the gun is no longer in. Out he goes. Oh, another customer's coming in. Hello, how are you? Well, and and the, he walked out. The woman working there did not seem very concerned. She's like, eh. not at all. Maybe it's like you said. Maybe he'd been there four times looking for that particular item, and he was pissed maybe, off that it had been there. And then he spotted it on a shelf. It must maybe that's what it was. He's like, you telling me you don't have those? Oh wait, it's over. <laughs> oh my gosh, <laughs> I am so sorry. Pardon me. <laughs> Amazing. Well, here's a fun question for you, Chris. Have you ever bought an item from an adult store? No, no. And I, I, I wonder how they stay in business when I see them on the side of the road, like on long road trips and inside fish. Yeah. <laughs> and inside <laughs> fish. Yeah. I wonder like with the fact that number one, like any like X-rated videos are now available online for free. Like how does anyone pay for that anymore? But number two, like, are you really going to get into your car to drive to a store to like ask someone like, Hey, what's the best like shape for this sex toy? Are you just going to go <laughs> online, order it? And if you don't like it, send it back. For sure. I told a story once with Sean Ross Sapp about a girl that ordered a, a strap on dildo from Amazon. 
And when it got to her house, her dad opened the package and he got pissed and she got pissed. They ended up having a fight over it. <laughs> so there are, there are ways to get that stuff done. If you a want to fight over done. who ordered it, uh, he was mad about the contents of the package. She was mad that uh, he opened her package. Mm. That's what it was. Interesting. <laughs> interesting. I loved your, uh, 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 the way that you pretended you were that guy with your voice in that video. That's all I'm going to have to isolate that clip because that was <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Let's go to story. Number four reported by Fox 26 Houston. What is your favorite kind of music and who are some of your favorite artists? Ooh, I, so I will listen to literally anything. I'm going to go to the gym right after this and it'll be like pop punk to rock to country to hip hop. And like sometimes like the Jurassic Park theme and like everything all put together. But I would say uh, I lean pretty heavy to pop punk. Like I grew up listening to like Blink-182, Yellow Card, Starting Line, Hawthorne Heights, All American Rejects, Senses Fail. Like that's, that's my kind of sweet spot. Interesting. So it's not like uh, WWF the music volume two, volume three. I mean, let's be on three. That's the best one. Everybody knows that. <laughs> well, there's a 30 year old man out of Houston. His name is Ladesian Riley. He's an aspiring rapper under the name two, one, three jug God. He's got a music video on YouTube uh, for a song called make it home. Let's play a little clip from that music oh, video. Joel. I'll play a quick little clip. Out of state, Dodger Jakes, running with the Florida place. I done hit the road and got that money and by 40 states. My niggas specialize in burglarizing, better guard your safe. Loud cause we doing the dash, but we trying to avoid the taste. In the song, Mr. Riley talks about robbing ATMs out of state. And the lyrics describe having thousands of dollars in his vehicle and praying to avoid the chase and to make it home. So those are the lyrics that are in the song. Well, Mr. Riley, along with three other people, they were arrested after checking out of a motel in Dixon, Tennessee, Chris Van Vliet, what did they do? I, I would think they robbed some ATMs and had the cash in the car. <laughs> they robbed an ATM technician in Tennessee, which for them was out of state, just like the song. Joel, do you have the mugshot? There's, uh, what's his name? 213 Jug God. There he is right there. So he rapped about robbing ATMs out of state, and then he robbed an ATM out of state. <laughs> So it's a four. confession. These weren't lyrics. He also looks very comfortable in that mugshot. Right? <laughs> he's, hey. like, hey, he's probably like, hey, John, oh, you're working today? Oh, hey. Well, I'll, I'll I also like that you're, these last two stories. I have a friend, Amanda Salas, who works at Fox 11, and my yes. friend Dave Morales works at Fox 26. So this is fantastic. Wow, interesting, interesting. I'll, you have to tell me later, and I'll tag him on Twitter when we put Please, these stories yeah. up. While all four face federal charges, the FBI is investigating to determine if they committed similar robberies in the past. And Douglas Griffith, he's the president of the Houston Police Officers Union, he said, you shouldn't do stupid crap and you definitely shouldn't violate the law and talk about it. I feel Lesson like learned. If, if we took all of the Eminem lyrics and dove into them, like I think we'd be like wondering how many crimes he had committed. Sometimes it's just art and sometimes <laughs> you're just a stupid criminal. So, yeah, do you think 213 Jug God, it was just, it was performance art? I think that's what it was? Clearly. But I bet he's had more listens to this song than any other song he's ever had. So I guess it kind of worked. I guess it kind of did. probably a felony, though. Yes, it is a felony. Well, we've got a KY in chat. This is from Adam Pragsing. He said, Chris, I saw your adventure reel. Were you ever pitched to do something that you refused to do? No. I assume he's talking about the adventure stuff, I guess. Yeah. And in that adventure reel, like I'm bungee jumping and skydiving, swimming with sharks. Uh, I, I also did things like I got to play baseball with the Miami Marlins. I tried out for the Miami Dolphins football team. Cool. 
No, I'm the type of person that likes to run towards the things that I'm scared of because I'm a big believer that at the end of your life, you're going to sit there on your deathbed and so many people will talk about the things they didn't do. And I don't want to be that person. I want to run towards it. And if I try it and it's not for me, I can at least go, you know what? I tried it and it wasn't for me. What about some of the fear factor shit? You know, like they'd be drinking blended rats and and like but drinking just, donkey I semen. Mean, that, and that's not a that's not a, look. Nobody wants to. I think the the show got taken off the air because of I think it was horse semen. I believe you're right. Yes, Joe. Rogan so you're you're talking the physical stuff. You're not talking. Uh, yeah, and you know, look, the... nobody in their everyday life is like, you know what I want to do today? I want to <laughs> climb into a bathtub with Madagascar kissing cockroaches. Exactly. And I would exactly. do that. I would. Yeah. Like, would you? Sure. But I wonder I'm if there's a way like, that I can commission something like that. I got to look into it. Okay. <laughs> but I'm more of like, I'm, a, I'm an adrenaline junkie. And I love the idea of like, my whole thing is if somebody else is doing something, then why can't I do it? And I believe that when it comes to things like bungee jumping or skydiving. But I also believe that in terms of like, an interview or business or just life of like, if someone could accomplish that, if they're at that stage of their game, how can I reverse engineer back to where I'm at so that I can do that same thing too? Awesome. You've I been really good at that with Fightful, by the way. Oh yeah. How's you know, that? Like, like, I feel like the mold was out there for like, here's how to have a successful website mm -hmm. in the wrestling space. And you were at step one in the process and you kind of went, all right, well, I know now what to do to get there and maybe make it even better. Yeah, I mean, I my goal, not that I, I don't, I don't want to go for 15 minutes about this because I could, but my goal for Fightful, I wanted it to be a top destination for breaking news. I didn't just want to be an aggregator. There's Everybody's an aggregator. Sure. So I wanted to be a top destination for breaking news, and I still tease Sean because the very first time that Sean got back to an email from me, Sean said, I'm not much of a newsbreaker. I'm like the third string <laughs> guy at Wrestling Inc. That's what Sean said to me. And when I hired him, I said, I want you to break news. So if you got to get other people to do the aggregation, do it, but I want you to break news and look uh, at it now. And look at yeah, it's been amazing. It's been I would amazing. say that not only do you break news, but you break news that's actually like you can verify. I think there's a right. lot of like sources claim, and then like you know it's not accurate at all. Right. But yeah. I, like um, we're at a time now, like kind of where TMZ was at five to ten years ago, where when TMZ broke a story and they broke some massive ones, like. They broke the death of Michael Jackson like hours before it was confirmed. Yes. And people were like, yeah, but you can't believe it. It's on TMZ. Yes. And then TMZ got to the point where it's like, oh, it's on TMZ. It has to be legit. That's where you guys are at now. I That's an awesome analogy. I appreciate that. That actually happened with the Paul Walker death. Mm -hmm. When I saw it on TMZ and I told my friends Paul Walker passed. And when they said where and I said TMZ, they said bullshit exactly the same uh the same thing you're talking with michael jackson so i appreciate that man i appreciate that and i you know one thing i love about you is your positivity because you're always positive in every situation and uh some of these stories with some of the people and the things that they've done it's interesting how you somehow find a way to put a positive spin even on the stuff that they did like oh it was performance art <laughs> <laughs> and he has a lot of uh, you know streams on his SoundCloud now. Yes, yes, yes. That's why he did it. All right, we're in the top three. Time for story number three. Here we go. Reported by News 10 ABC Albany. So there was a hearing in Albany City Court in upstate New York. There was four people. They were arrested at the state capitol. One of the defendants, they started to film the courtroom proceedings. Uh, they were told to stop it, and it led to an altercation, and there's chaos going on. There's a woman in the audience, and she, was a, she wanted to do something as a form of protest on behalf of the defendants because she was in their corner. Chris Van Vliet, what did the lady do? 
I haven't got any of these right, and I don't think that will change now. I think that she did a nude protest. That's a good answer. She opened plastic containers and she released hundreds of cockroaches inside the courtroom. Joel, do we have a picture? There's a shot of them there dumped on the floor. That's what she did. And there's a close-up shot of some of those wow. cockroaches. That's in Al Albany? Like those? That was in Albany, New York. Those are and Albany like, cockroaches. Those look like the cockroaches we have here in California. Those look like cockroaches you would like buy from a store. Yeah, well, maybe that's what she did. Maybe she that's bought what those look like. Where was that? You were PJ's Pets. Maybe she bought PJ's Pets cockroaches, Chris. Maybe. Yeah, like those look like not like native. I'm not. And look, I'm not an animal expert. I only worked at PJ's Pet Center, but those <laughs> look like something like she purposely went to the pet store, bought those, and then snuck it into the courtroom disguised as her lunch. <laughs> maybe that's that. Maybe that's what she, <laughs> she did. saw the lettuce in there. Maybe that was their food. That might have been it. That might have been it. Well, she got arrested for charges, including disorderly conduct, obstructing governmental administration, tampering with physical evidence, uh, and they had to close the courthouse for fumigation. So <laughs> I asked you earlier, you know, is there anything that you wouldn't do when it comes to adventurous stuff or, or, or adrenaline stuff? And you said no. You're a fisherman. So obviously you've dealt with, you know, tackle and, and worms and hooks and stuff like that. Is there a phobia that you might have? Is there any kind of a phobia, spiders, snakes, anything that Chris Van Vliet has? I'd say the only thing that comes close to that is when I worked at the pet store, we had scorpions. We sold emperor scorpions. And I wasn't like scared of them, but that was the one thing I didn't want to hold. Probably because the stinger on its back just, is, it just looks so scary when you're looking at it. So how do they hold them? I mean, the people that hold them are fearless, just kind of crawl around on their hand, but I just didn't want to be that guy. So that was the, I wouldn't say I'm scared of scorpions, but right. that's not something I'm going out of my way to pick up. Interesting. Interesting. So when you were a kid, Sting was not your favorite pro wrestler. <laughs> I, I only jumped on the WCW bandwagon, like really late. Like I probably only watched the last maybe year of Nitro. I so, bet you for the same reason I did, because we're both Canadian. They didn't hear Nitro live. Yep. That's in exactly it. Yeah, yeah, they would air raw first, and then you'd have to watch Nitro afterwards later in the night. And I was like 16 when that was happening. So by the time Raw ended at 11 o'clock, I was going to sleep. Right. I'm sure you were, Chris, at 11 o'clock. Sure you were. All right, let's go to story number two, reported by Lad Bible. So you always hear stories about people seeking out weird celebrity-related keepsakes. You know, you'll hear a story about, oh, Robert De Niro was chewing gum and somebody picked it up on the street, mm. or Justin Bieber is drinking out of a water cup at a hotel and somebody grabs it. You hear stories like about stuff like that. Do you have any kind of celebrity keepsake or memorabilia that might be considered weird? I don't think so. And I've I've only got like maybe three to five autographs in my whole career from people that I've interviewed and like they're big ones like Hogan rock. Uh, I got a Ric Flair signed boot right over here, <laughs> but no, I've never been at a place in like, you know, I can't even think of something ridiculous, but no, I'd like a sweat towel from my workout with Mike O'Hearn. No. <laughs> so you being Canadian will appreciate this. Justin Bieber is doing a collaboration with Tim Hortons in Canada and they ran out at one point of Timbit boxes because people were going there and buying up empty Timbit boxes as a, as a Justin Bieber keepsake. Wow. Some of them were showing up on eBay. Back, what were, weren't they calling these Beebits or Tim yes. Timbeebs? Tim I think Tim Beebs. Tim yeah. Beebs. Yeah, I, I thought Bieber Balls was better. That, well, yeah, that's but, way better. But, <laughs> so the band Oasis, 
they played a couple of outdoor gigs at a place in England called Nebworth Park in 1996. They drew a quarter of a million people over two nights. Recently, they returned to play two more shows there, 26 years later. Several of the fans that were there, they decided to take a keepsake from the show and put the keepsake on eBay. Chris Van Vliet, any idea what the keepsake was? Boy, what could it be? It can't be something from the band because I feel like they'd be too far away. I'm going to go with like something dumb like mud. You are spot on. It, we're pretty close. It's a clump of grass that they pulled out of the ground. Joel, do you have one of the listings? There is a picture from one of the wow. listings. This oh, is real. Me up. I want to buy that. <laughs> this is real. So one seller, his name is David Watson. He says that he did it as a joke. And the bidding got up into the tens of thousands, but he expects that the bids are fake and that the winner won't actually pay. But the thing <laughs> is, loads of other people also listed clumps of grass from Nebworth Park, and all of them have legitimate bids, although they're selling for as little as 99 pence, which is about a buck 30 US, but they're still putting them up and they're still getting people that are bidding on them. Wow. What would, what would you want a clump of grass for? What are you going to do with it? You remember when people were selling air on eBay? Kind they of, were like, of, they would, they would of. take an empty water bottle and be like, this is air from <laughs> Michael Jackson's last concert. <laughs> what are you going to do with that? What are people, and, and the people that listed it, maybe they just went into their front yard and pulled some grass. Well, put it in sure. I mean, that, bag. that person who took the photo at the venue, like they're probably the OG. Everybody else is going, I can sell grass for $10,000. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is what a world we live in. It's amazing. Well, here we go. Time for story number one, reported by WPXI 11 Pittsburgh. Have you ever had to come up with a very creative lie? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love how you answered that. You're like, oh, are you kidding? I, Let, I remember like I remember skipping class in high school. And the next day, the vice principal would either come to your homeroom or not. And like, you would come to your homeroom five minutes into class and you would call out a few names and either you'd get away with it and he wouldn't call your name or he'd get away with it. He'd bring you into the hall and be like, where were you yesterday in Mr. Rinaldi's fourth period class? And I remember being like, do you want the truth or do you want a lie? And he's like, of course I want the truth. I'm like, how about I tell you a lie instead? And he's like, what? And I told some like ridiculous story, which was, which was so dumb. I, my, back to the fishing, my high school backed onto Duffins Creek, which was a tributary of Lake Ontario. And salmon would run up the creek in the fall. Cool. And I, I would actually skip class to go fishing with the rod that was in my locker. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Outside, your, outside your school. Yes. And they like, there was a five minute walk the back of our school. There was a forest and then a little bit of a hill and it led right into the Creek. And sometimes I would fish during lunch hour. Sometimes I would skip class and go fishing. So I told him some sort of crazy lie. And actually I think I told him the truth and he didn't believe it. <laughs> Are you telling me you don't have a more recent example than that? That's the most I, recent Jimmy, example. Jimmy, I do not lie. <laughs> do not lie. Do not lie. Do not lie. Yeah. Well, this, uh, this next gentleman, maybe he could have learned a thing or two from you. So there's a man named Steven Patterson. And he was at the Arnold Palmer Regional Airport in Westmoreland uh, County, Pennsylvania. And he bought some drinks before boarding his flight. And he allegedly used a fake $100 bill to pay for it. And the cashier noticed and they, she tipped off officers at the airport and they ended up arresting him. And he's facing felony charges. He was asked about it and he had one hell of an excuse. Chris Van Vliet, what was his answer when he was asked about that fake $100 bill? 
Well, I would think that the immediate thing that, you know, if you or I happen to have a fake $100 bill, we go, I don't, I don't know where I got this from. Like, I mean, I think that that's actually, it could be a legitimate excuse. Like, does someone gave this to me as change? The bank gave it to me. This man's excuse is, uh, he was a sex toy manufacturer who then ended up pooping in a toilet in public. And so where'd the hundred dollar bill come from? And uh, had to, um, uh, I don't know, <laughs> fell apart here. Awesome. Uh, that was a good attempt, valiant attempt. So he claims that he found the $100 bill in the pocket of the pants he was wearing because they weren't his. Joel, do you have a picture of that bill or the mugshot or anything? All right, there is a picture of the actual $100 bill. So he claims that the pants he was wearing weren't his. He found it in, in the pocket and they were not his. So I got to ask you, Chris, have you ever had someone attempt to scam you with fake money? Have you ever been in a situation where somebody tried to transact with you using fake money? I don't, not that I know of. Not that, I mean, and so few transactions now are being done with cash, which is yes. so funny. Yes. I always find it like I saw the odd thing on OfferUp or like Facebook Marketplace. And I always laugh when someone's like, I'll give you $200 cash. And I'm like, it's not, that doesn't change my mind. It could be cash, Venmo, PayPal. Like it's all the same to me. Yes. Yes. I worked at Tim Hortons when I was 16 years old. And one day these cops came in and they were not uniformed. They were wearing suits, those kinds of police officers. Oh, okay. And they came in and they told me that there was a scam going on and they wanted to see the till. And we had a, a stack of fake $100 bills in the till. No way. I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea. And so- That would and, be a really good scam if you and I put suits on and walked into different restaurants and said like, oh, there's a uh, scam going on of $100 bills. Let me just check your till. And then you just took all the bills. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, see this? This is fake. Well. This yeah. is fake. Yeah. <laughs> all, all of these are fake. We're going to have to confiscate them. I have to take advantage of this opportunity to ask you because you're a good Canadian boy. Do you remember Mr. Dressup? Of course. Yeah. So for anybody watching this who's not Canadian, Mr. Dress was kind of like our version of Mr. Rogers, even though he was born in America, but he was our version of Mr. Rogers. My favorite Tim Horton story, I once served Mr. Dress up. No way. Didn't he live in Pickering? He might have. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was I was working near Kingston, Ontario. I think he lived in Pickering. I whenever I tell Americans about Mr. Dress up and tell them about the tickle trunk, yes. they're like, that sounds like something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does, doesn't it? I don't know if you'd go with that these days. Casey and Finnegan? Casey and Finnegan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Well, I want to thank Chris Van Vliet for joining us. Chris, tell the people what you're doing and where they can find you. I just want to ask you, do you remember Raffi? Raffi was the singer. Yes, with the beard. Yes, yeah. yes. Another, another Canadian legend. Yes, of course, of course. We could have a full day conversation about Oh, my stuff. gosh. Jimmy, so good to see you. Thank you for the invite on here. I, I'm on social media at Chris Van Vliet wherever you uh, you know are looking for me. And my podcast is called Insight with Chris Van Vliet. So it'd be awesome if you could go check that out. We've had some pretty big celebrity interviews recently. Like Miles Teller was today, Chris Hemsworth earlier in the week, Adam Sandler, Kevin Hart's coming up soon. And of course, your weekly dose of wrestling interviews as well. Fantastic. Well, this was a lot of fun, Chris. I really appreciate the time. Let's do it again sometime. Let's.